You're about to hear a podcast recorded before our rebrand, so you might hear us mention our previous brand name, We Are Radical, or our original podcast name, The Radicalist. We're still the same show with the same hosts on the same mission. And if you'd like to find out how we got here, you'll find our journey on the stories page of obuinvest.com. Hello and welcome to the Radicalist podcast, where we have frank conversations with fierce women founders. This is a podcast about not settling, full of honest conversations with women who have wanted to build their own businesses and did. If you're making the tough but incredible decision to start up, sustain or scale your own business, we've got you. Because we're a podcast by, for and about women who do exactly that. Women looking that leap in the eye, women taking their first steps as founders, Women with stories about the journeys they've been on, the hacks that have helped, and everything they've seen along the way. Women like us, and women like you. We're Sarah King. And Claire Dunn. And we're the founders of We Are Radical. And this is The Radicalist Podcast. Priya Velusami is the founder of Pre Pre, an ethical, sustainable, and quite frankly, beautiful clothing brand. She pivoted from her 20-year career at John Lewis to build a business inspired by her grandmother who taught her how to sew. In this conversation, Priya shares her ambitions to build an international business, how she's already enabling economic empowerment for women in India, and why she believes it's possible to build both a commercial and purpose-driven business. So Priya, every entrepreneur we talk to has a pivot story, that moment in their career where they think, you know what, I'm going to start a business and they make that leap from whatever they were doing before into entrepreneurship. You've had a 20 year career at John Lewis. And then earlier this year, I think that's right, you set up your business, bringing upcycled accessories and sustainable children's clothing to market. So could you just take us back to when you were in your corporate career and that moment where you thought, you know what, I'm going to start a business. What was going on for you at the time? Well, yeah, I would like to say there was a pivot moment, but it was probably a bit more organic. So I used to dress make as a hobby. And when my niece was born a few years ago, I decided to just make her some party wear using my mum's old saris. I've always kind of tried to repurpose and reuse fabrics. And this just seemed like an ideal way to give my niece comfortable, beautiful, colourful party wear. But when she received compliments, I thought, oh, actually, maybe I'll make a few more. And I listed some of them on Etsy, the marketplace. Mm -hmm. So after that, I got a few sales and I thought, actually, this could be a bit of a side hustle which it has been for a few years. But you're right, this was the year that I kind of had the pivot moment that I moved it from side hustle to full-time business. So in terms of what caused that pivot, it was the timing. It was right in terms of I've got a family with two young kids. I was re-evaluating options for work that can be flexible with my family life. But also... I think I had probably reached a point in my career where I'd lost a bit of my drive for learning and sort of knowing what I wanted to do next. And this side hustle was plugging away at me and I wanted to give it more attention. And so did it feel like quite a natural next step for you? 
or did it feel like a, a big scary leap? What was that emotion for you? It was a real combination because I would say because I'd had this passion for years since a child really of dressmaking and particularly about how to use colourful saris and textiles, it was a bit of a evolution, as it were, of this idea. But at the same time, to give up your career for 20 years is definitely a bit scary. But someone did say to me, you know, actually, if you've come to the end of the year and you wanted to go back to become an employee, would you be more marketable as someone who's had 20 years in the same company plus one year of setting up your own business or 21 years doing the same thing, really? And that kind of brought it home to me that actually this was a really exciting opportunity. It wasn't the end. I can still go back to being an employee or whatever, but just have a huge new skill set with me. So Priya, you've talked previously and you've alluded to the fact that you learned how to sew from a very young age and there's this beautiful photograph of you and your grandmother on your website. It feels like she was really inspiring role model for you and really influenced the business that you're creating. Can you talk to us more about that? Oh yes, thank you. One of my favourite photos too. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, she would spend summer holidays often with me and my family. She lives in India and we would either travel to Mumbai in India where she lives and spend summers or she would come over. And when I, I guess from the age of seven or eight, we would spend time together crafting and she really started off my love of fabrics and sewing So we made things like scrunchies or little baby aprons and they were all from her offcuts and scraps. I guess she has really been the inspiration because she's also the one who has instilled the zero waste values in me. I guess it's quite common for many of the older generation to have those values, Uh, particularly when you're from somewhere where there's a lot of poverty around you know she was always trying not to waste anything and make the most of all the resources so definitely she really started off my interest in dressmaking in fabrics and repurposing and that stayed with me so I continued that sort of as a hobby now yeah it's kind of very exciting to be able to share with her what I'm doing and taking those memories into a a full-time business yeah and so I guess you know given you've touched on it there you're very aware of materials you're very aware of the environment and kind of minimizing waste so can you talk to us about how your business is both profit driven and purpose driven You've kind of touched on why that's important to you, but how are you building a business that is environment conscious and therefore does have this purpose to it beyond just generating a profit? Yes, definitely. This is part of the ethos of my business is to make a purpose and profit driven business. Mm. And as I said, you know, I always try and think of ways to reuse things. My earliest business venture was actually taking the zips from the seals of big bags of rice that my mum 
would make and I made them into pencil cases to sell at oh, wow. school <laughs> so that's really cool uh, so you were an entrepreneur oh, well very yeah, early on I know <laughs> it, it was in me but um and it, it's interesting because at that age you know I didn't really realize what sustainability was or you know climate change but you know it it was important for me not to waste things and to make the most of things since then the awareness has just grown and grown and now in the last few years I'm really reading more and learning more about how impactful the textile industry in particular is to the environment and our planet so in terms of my business it's important for me to use it to really educate people if I can and share that we can reuse, we can recycle. It's important to try and understand what fast fashion is and how much it's grown, particularly in the last 20 years. How can we try and stop overconsumption and overproduction as well, which is a real important factor in the textile industry as to how it impacts the environment. So it's a bit of an education piece. And I think in terms of what my business is doing, all products are made from recycled saris. My packaging is all recyclable. As much as my production isn't local, I am working with a company that is at the source of where my materials are as well. So I've also actually learned a lot through connecting with a number of other purpose-driven brands who are really passionate about the environment and sustainability. And so it's been great to constantly learn and discover more ways to build on my business impacts, but also at home and personally, how can I, what can I do to mm. minimise my impact on the environment? It's been interesting through this podcast series this conversation with you and also with Sarah Christie. And there just seems to be more and more conversation around fast fashion. And what's exciting about your business, along with Sarah's, is you're empowering consumers to make good decisions. Mm -hmm. So many, particularly large businesses out there, it is just about, you know, how do we make the biggest profit possible, yeah. regardless of impact on people or planet and I think what's really exciting about this new wave of businesses including yours is you're kind of saying actually no that's not good enough as a business owner my product enables my customers to make good decisions but actually through that process I'm going to educate them about you know the story behind my product and why buying this product will have a positive impact on the planet and for people. Do you feel like you're part of a growing community of businesses that are doing things differently? I really do. I really, really do. I've gained so much from being in a tribe of, you know, not just small business owners, but small business owners who are, like I say, purpose-driven and are really environmentally conscious and have that in every single step of their business decisions so it really does uh, inspire you when you're you're making decisions as well and also it means there's loads of great contacts to share and and you know they can help and collaborate so yeah it's good right I think it's really interesting when you look at organizations you've got like B Corp who are doing great work to help businesses think differently about how they grow 
we've talked to some of our members recently about this notion of greenwashing, which is kind of showing up as though you are trying to make a difference, but really you're, you are still bottom line driven and make decisions on that basis. I think when we see organisations like yours and businesses like yours that don't shy away from being profitable, and we're absolutely all for women building profitable businesses, mm-hmm. But the core of the business, the integrity of the business was there from the very start. For you, this isn't a bolt-on or an Mm add-on. It was the fundamental core of the business, which is there are these beautiful saris that would otherwise go into landfill. Let's make them into the new beautiful party wear that somebody else can enjoy. You can really tell the difference, I think, in the way that organisations then build out from there into kind of what partnerships they pursue, how they integrate and interact with their consumers. It's, it has a really different lens to it. Oh, it, it absolutely does, because that, like you say, is at the core of all the decisions that you make and all the choices that you you also make. So, I mean, I do believe that some big businesses have a real problem in that they're so large, they can't turn around quickly enough. And that's the beauty of the small business is that I have that direct contact with my manufacturers. I know exactly who is making my items, but some of these large corporations, even if they are now realizing that they need to make some real changes, it's a huge web of manufacturers, you know, outsourcing, contracting. And that's why, yeah, I believe it's one of the benefits of being a small business at the moment that the consumer knows exactly what's the story behind the product yeah Yeah. so when it comes to the impact that your business has for people you've mentioned partnerships but you actually work with a charitable trust in India called Animed can you tell us a bit more about them and why it was important for you to partner with them Yes. So when I made the decision to grow the business, I realised I wasn't going to be able to make everything myself as much as I love that side of the business and, you know, making and sewing. I needed to find opportunity to outsource. And I looked for factories that I could work with both here in the UK and in India. And I basically found this charity, Animed Charitable Trust, and it just aligned perfectly with my values and what I was looking for. So the charity helps underprivileged women in the city of Mumbai, which is a city where I've got strong connections. It's where my grandmother lives. It helps them by upskilling them in tailoring. Obviously, tailoring and sewing is a craft that I really love. I know that a lot of women have really enjoyed learning and it empowers them. It gives them confidence. A lot of them have never had an opportunity to do anything other than be at home, be the homemaker. They've not had education. But now, you know, they can, after the training course, they can go out and earn their own salary, either for themselves or they can become an employee. It was a a very natural decision to ask Animed to help me make up my designs and they've done a great job of doing that. One of the the highlights though has been that I've realised that the women really value being within a community of similar women as well, having that inspirational chats with other ladies in similar situations and knowing like we were talking about how great it can be to be within a 
a similar network means that I'm giving that opportunity to these women as well. So Mm. that's been very special. Has there been anything since the beginning of the year when you stepped into this full time that has taken you by surprise? Is there anything either about the business world or about yourself that you've learned that that has been surprising for you so far? I think the biggest surprise for me is that I want to work all the time. <laughs> and this is this is something Uh-oh. that I guess a lot of small business entrepreneurs do have a problem with because when it's your passion you really do want to try and get everything done there's always a long list so for me I think since the beginning of the year obviously we've had homeschooling a long summer holiday which has been my first summer holiday with the business so I think I need to definitely set my boundaries next year try and understand how to manage my work with times where I know I'm going to be otherwise occupied and just accept that things slow down at certain times of year so that they have to and I've chosen to do this so it's kind of how can I create that balance which I think every entrepreneur (laughs) strives to do. In terms of your ambition for your business then so you've described how when you started, there was almost that safety blanket of, well, I'll do it for a year. And if it doesn't work, I can take that learning back into my corporate career. But then you've also touched on how you started to think about how you could grow the business and build capacity into the business. So now that you've started, you're underway. What is your ambition? What's your audacious goal what would you love to achieve Um, so now I would say being you know a bit over halfway through the year going back to being an employee is definitely out of the question I've got the passion I've got the uh, fire I'm, I'm gonna make this work so I would love to grow the business to have a presence in retailers as well as directly from me and my website so wholesale and I would like to be able to give the team at Animed, these trainees, a bit of a more consistent regular income. So I'm also really sharing my journey with other entrepreneurs. You know, I think having come down the road seven, eight months, I want to be able to inspire others at the start of their journey, particularly the purpose-driven ones where they're starting out and share what I've learned along the way. We love it, Priya, when we talk talk to women who've caught the entrepreneurial bug. It's just, it can feel like such a a big step at the beginning, but it's such an alluring career choice in terms of, yes, there are challenges and yes, every day can feel like you're creative problem solving. But actually, when you start to have the impact that you want to have for your customers or through your partnerships with your business model, there's something intoxicating about that. And it sounds as though you've I've you've got the really bug. Caught that bug. And also achieved so much in such a short period of time as well. Was that important to you? Did you feel like I need to get this up and running and I need to get this going? Do you know it's really interesting? So I have always struggled with goal setting and I think Mm. throughout my entrepreneurial journey I've had various exposure to seminars and leaders and who talk about the importance of goal setting 
And I think it just works differently for different people. And my goals are, I really have a vision to scale and grow the business, but I didn't expect to see the growth and success that I have in the in the last few months. And it's just purely because I want it to work. I keep plugging away and it's the drive of wanting to see, you know, not just sales, but the word spread about what I'm doing. So yeah, it's been a an interesting path for the first year, but I'm aware that, you know, as you grow, goals and milestones are important. When you think about your business in the next three to six months, have you got a sense of, I would love for this to happen? Like this would really fuel my next stage of growth. Like, is there a particular retailer you would love to talk to and have a partnership with? Or is it about growing your brands and your marketing presence? What are the things that you feel you would love to see happen to really fuel that next stage of growth? I would love for, I think it's, the latter. I'd love to see the brand grow and actually grow globally. I think I've seen demand, particularly through Etsy, because that's an American marketplace. But there's a lot of customers that I do actually get from America. And I feel that if I can get into stores, even over there, then that opens up my brand to um, another very interested potential market. And the opportunities are are huge. As much as I love working with local businesses around here and sharing my story and, and what I'm doing with a very local audience, I like the idea that I could actually go international. We're really interested to learn from you, kind of what advice would you give somebody who's thinking about starting a business? And I guess particularly for you, we're interested in because you were with John Lewis for such a long time, if you have been in an organisation for a long period of time, is there any particular advice that you would offer up those entrepreneurs who are considering a leap into starting their own businesses? Yes, I would totally relate to that person because it's really hard when you're not there to picture that life where you're doing something completely different from what you know so well and has been basically most of your working career. I think what was the most helpful thing that I alluded to before was to not associate that break with the thought that you'll never be able to return. So if you can try and think of it as just a step on the journey, not the end of what you've been doing, then then it's a bit easier to embrace the change it's not a change, it is a leap, absolutely, you know, it is a big jump. But if you've got that true passion, it could be time. I have also discovered so many wonderful communities, like I said, of small business owners, you know, they've been really so helpful at supporting me on my journey. And I think maybe if people took the time who are thinking about taking the leap, explored these communities, then there's a little bit of a a way to understand that things might not be so scary. Yeah, a bit of a softer landing. Exactly, <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. yeah, we used to talk about it, you know, when Claire and I reflect on when we left from our corporate careers, that mm. it just felt like there wasn't a safety net, like who were you leaping to or, or what was going to be there? And that's why we created 
radical because it was like, well, let's just create that community. Let's have that space where you can show up and ask questions without anyone judging you. Yeah. Or because you don't know a business terminology or you don't know about the world of investment, like that doesn't make you a less good entrepreneur. It just means mm. there are things to learn. And mm. and I think so often we're all fueled as entrepreneurs by how much there is to learn. And that's part of why we do this because it is different and it is new. No, I, I've definitely really enjoyed the learning that I've had to undertake over the last few months. That's That's been such a positive. It's definitely, you know, helped accelerate my journey. But I think before you take the leap, you don't know that that's necessarily going to fuel you. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And for anybody who wants to find out more about you or follow you on social, where should they head? So my website is www uk, and my Instagram and Facebook handles are at uk. so yes please come and find me and, and message me I love to chat so yeah. great Amazing. to hear from people thank you so much for joining us on The Radicalist it has been really fascinating to get to know you and to learn more about your business thank you Priya thank you it's been great to chat know-how and inspiration on how to start, sustain and scale your business, hit subscribe now so you don't miss an episode.